0: Welcome everyone to the Polaris Podcast. I am Jeremy Whitbeck, a partner of the Polaris Wealth Advisory Group, and we have with us Jeff Powell. So Jeff is our Chief Investment Officer and Managing Partner. Jeff, great to talk to you again this morning. Uh, Good morning,
1: Jeremy, how are you?
0: Yeah, doing very well. So, Jeff, really looking forward to our conversation today. It's uh, one that we certainly get a lot of questions about, and one that uh, has been in the media a lot uh, these days, and especially as of late, since uh, they've gained a lot of publicity with some of the uh, figures that have spoken that uh, have a lot of sway on this topic. And so, if you don't mind, Jeff, just introducing uh, to our guests what we're going to be speaking about today.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, obviously uh, uh, one of the things that's hitting headlines on a, a very regular basis is cryptocurrency. And we've had a lot of requests uh, from clients to understand more about cryptocurrency, if it's a viable investment for them, you know, and really kind of getting a just a, a general understanding of, of what it is, why it's popular, why it's making all these headline news, And um, what we decided to do today was actually bring in one of our analysts, uh, Brett Miller who uh is going to speak with us a little bit more in detail about cryptocurrency uh how it's valued you know how it's traded all the kind of fun things about that so uh brett welcome to the show um what i really want to do is just start off with the basics i mean in order for people to understand this uh perhaps you can just explain in very simple terms what exactly cryptocurrency is
2: yeah and uh thanks for having me today guys Uh, it's great to be here kind of a a fun topic just because especially with um, the younger generation or the younger guys like myself i mean this this is all the frenzy this is what everybody's talking about so kind of breaking it down understanding what it's about um why people are are purchasing it um i think is pretty important um and so when we look at cryptocurrency i mean we're looking at a range of over ten thousand coins that are out there on the market and where these things come from um their valuations we'll get into but i mean in a sense the purpose of cryptocurrency and why it was created back uh with bitcoin essentially in 2009 was essentially a decentralization of currency um given the financial crisis um there were some google developers that had kind of had enough with the fiat money system um decided they wanted something separated from from government control from manipulation of the amount of available currency out there and so essentially what a lot of these cryptocurrencies um, created was a finite amount of currency um, and then this is all transacted then on um, what we we'll get into is called a blockchain uh, where it, it essentially can eliminate a lot of the fraudulent transactions that you see with uh, maybe some sketchy accounting groups or governments uh, printing money. Um, so that that anti-government in a sense or just the decentralization um has really driven a lot of the appeal um just given financial crisis and people's just distrust of of monetary systems at times and that's that kind of led to the birth of these cryptocurrencies um as as a finite resource for people to buy and, and use uh, in exchange with one another
0: Yes, yeah, so that's a, a really helpful uh, answer as to why cryptocurrency was uh, initially developed and, and really why it's here. You touched on the blockchain, and of course, without blockchain technology, there would be no crypto. Can you elaborate a little bit more? What What is blockchain?
2: Yeah, and so I think that's, that's kind of one of the defining things and possibly overlooked in what's going on um, in this space right now um because what we truly have here um are, are two separate things that i don't think even people who are actively trading cryptocurrency fully understand uh the implications so it's pretty important to understand what blockchain is why why it's used and the technology behind it and then how that then leads to um cryptocurrencies kind of being created and so when we look at blockchain itself blockchain is a genius technology that really is going to push transactions um, the finance world the accounting world into the future so for example i mean if we look even back three to five years i mean if you were trans, if you were doing an ach transfer from your bank just to another bank account a lot of the verification took two three days to get done and so information would have to be sent to a bank. The bank would then have to send their information back to the receiving bank. And it turned into this whole kind of process where it was very human hands-on and it was just, it left the door open for fraudulent activity, especially in accounting. Um, So what the blockchain then does is it's to get kind of a, use a tech, it's open source. And so it's an open ledger of all transactions that are out there and a transaction will not be passed until it is verified by other users in the network. So so we'll break it down a little bit more simply. I have a lawnmower and I'm sending it to Jeremy. I told Jeremy, hey, I need five of Bitcoin for you to take ownership of my lawnmower. Jeremy then sends me five coins on this blockchain and from there, subtracts Jeremy's five and adds it to my five. And then everybody else on the network then has to verify that transaction and it is made public. So when we look at that, that is essentially what the blockchain does is it makes it public and it causes other people to verify transactions. So with intercompany transactions, if I am selling a bunch of parts to one of my other divisions, it's a great way for companies in accounting Uh, to be hands off, but also to verify their transactions, to eliminate any kind of funny money falling into the system um, or a fraudulent activity. So the blockchain itself, from a business perspective, is uh, in a banking perspective, I mean, the same things uh, holds true if you're transferring money in between accounts within a bank. Not only does it speed up the transactions, but there's just so much verification going on around it it makes it imp- almost impossible for fraudulent activity to go on. Now that's where then the cryptocurrency comes in play, because if you're creating this transaction network, I mean, there is inherently some value that needs to be put into the system so we can then track what's going on, what types of dollars are moving around on there. And so as we've seen, all these peoples are creating, all these people are creating blockchains um, for transaction verification and that but because so many different people are creating so many different blockchains there's this new source of value quote unquote there that needs to be put in there so people understand what it means when one when one coin is being transferred to one coin and then you have the birth of these tens of thousands of cryptocurrencies so hopefully that was simple enough and if you guys want me to elaborate on something i'm more than happy to
1: um the two things that kind of came to mind with what you were just saying there. The first question I have is, you know, you're talking about people doing verification. Who are those people? I mean, I, you know, I'm not going online and uh, verifying your and Jeremy's transactions. So who exactly is doing that uh, uh, verification? And then the other part is, you know, you're you're talking about a transaction, but the one thing that I've often heard about is you know, blockchain is being used in many other ways uh, to you know, in the medical industry, for example, within uh, different technology fields, within uh, manufacturing, and so on. Maybe you could elaborate a little bit more, also on just uh, those kind of things where there's not money necessarily exchanging hands, but there's a efficiency being created, so to speak
2: yeah absolutely so to answer your first question uh about the transaction uh verification obviously if one of if i'm sending you a cryptocurrency um over the popular trading platform coinbase we're not out there verific- verifying the uh transactions what we call those people who are are uh miners and so i i'm sure you've heard the term bitcoin miners um it's pretty popular uh and these are the really the guys that have have set up in their basement tens tens of computers just verifying transactions and they run these things kind of over algorithms so they're pretty hands off too. They just have the hard equipment um, that's running the verification um, on a lot of these transactions and so that's uh, I guess what we're calling the modern day miners and then um to answer uh your second question kind of about the blockchain and its other business use uses actually kind of an interesting fact the idea for Um, The original Bitcoin back in 2009 was actually ripped off um, an old verification system back in the 90s that timestamped documents to make them unchangeable. So essentially, what the network does is once something, whether it's a transaction or a timestamp or a share of a document, is verified, it's irreversible. And so it, it just creates an accountability within a system where if healthcare documents are being passed around, you know it's verified and if it's been through the blockchain other users have come on verified it and then said okay this is now in our ledger or our our historical records and because of the nature of how it's set up these transactions or these document verifications they create a code and it's irreversible and so it eliminates a lot of any fraudulent activity um, and just adds trust to the system
0: yeah So. Brett I'm gonna uh, deviate a little bit because you talk about that it uh, prevents any fraudulent activity and this is where uh, I think some people might get confused is that right now cryptocurrencies are being used to perpetuate fraud meaning that we have illicit activities we have people that are uh, hacking into computers with ransomware we have sex trafficking we have the drug trade going on in the black markets and these are largely using cryptocurrency. So, can you kind of distinguish between the two when you say fraudulent activity? What you mean there, and then also uh, why we're seeing cryptocurrency used for some of the illicit activities that have been reported?
2: Yeah, and I think the adjective you use there is is pretty good at defining kind of what I meant by fraudulent versus illicit activities. Um, when I say fraudulent, I do mean more on whether it's accounting fraud, um, printing fake money. Uh, things along that nature where money is said to be there or verified documents are said to be there that are truly are not there. So more in the forging of whether it's currency or documents, uh, that that's more what I mean with the fraudulent side. Now on the illicit side, I think that's that's one of the major problems with what we see in these cryptocurrencies. Some of the networks or the blockchains that um Bitcoin trades on, so when transactions happen on the Bitcoin blockchain, uh, they're totally anonymous. And so the way that that has been set up um, for a lot more of these tech-savvy guys um, who know ways around the government tracking their their internet addresses or whatever have you um, are able to set up these ways where, I mean, they can. We saw it with the pipeline shutdown here in the United States. Uh, these guys are able to say you need to send the x amount of cryptocurrency to my blockchain address over here they'll send it they'll send it over there and it's totally because one it's overseas two these guys are are so advanced in how they're setting up their their malware um it's it's totally anonymous that where this is actually ending up and so as we look at it from a governmental standpoint i think that becomes one of the major risks looking forward is how people are abusing um the way the way that the system works
0: got it yeah thank you so much for that distinction because i know that there's a lot of confusion um just since some of the same terminologies used there so appreciate you breaking that down on the difference uh between the verification of the blockchain versus the use of the blockchain technology with cryptos um one other thing that you touched on is that since 2009 there's over 10,000 cryptocurrencies that have been created and so the, the next question is, how are these coins valued? And and the second part of that is if there's so many, if there's 10,000 and there's no cap on the number of cryptocurrencies, right? There could be 100,000, say, in the next 10 years. I mean, we don't know how this is going to take place. How is there value there and how does one come about what the value of these coins are?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I think as we kind of look at the expansion of the blockchain where these cryptocurrencies are exchanged on, um it, like you said, I mean, this could just grow because I mean all a blockchain really is is it's it's a digital ledger. And so nobody's stopping you from creating a new ledger to account for transactions. And so when you look at the valuations of something that could just keep going and going and going and there could be more and more coins, I think that's where you hit a sticky spot here. And when you look at the major ones that trade today, like the Bitcoin, like the Ethereum, honestly it was just first to market. With a lot of these things because if you look at bitcoin there's much much more efficient systems out there yet it's the highest valued cryptocurrency um, out there so the val- that's where the valuation gets tricky because bitcoin was first to market but its blockchain is not the best out there and so at the end of the day what you're really seeing is the valuations on these are strictly based on what you can convince somebody else another person on the network or another person um, that you want to trade with, that hey, this is worth X amount of U.S. dollars, and as long as they're willing to pay for it, that's it. But that's where the re- inherent risk comes in. If you can't get somebody to pay for it, what you want them to pay for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that, that's one of the things that uh, that we've been talking a lot with clients about is is sort of that downside risk. There's been, you know, obviously significant hype, uh, a lot of of people coming in and. Uh, um you know just it's day trading and uh, a currency that's a made-up thing that really uh, has no underlying valuation behind it so if we were really looking at that you know and you know talking to clients about that downside risk what else out there do you see as as sort of the downside risks of investing in a cryptocurrency if somebody was going to do that
2: yeah and i think it kind of goes back to how i i wrapped up that last question i mean it is one of those things like you stated i mean the value is really only what somebody else wants to pay for and so if you are the last one sitting there holding the buck i mean you're you're out of luck there and that's just the reality of the situation and we saw it with um a, a lot of those companies that went public in the tech bubble that had one computer sitting in a garage never did a an ounce of sales and look i mean you can make I'm not gonna sit here and say you can't make a ton of money because on these things because people have. But if you are the last one sitting around and, and you wake up and this thing's down 70%, I mean don't be shocked. And so that's because just the inherent valuelessness of it, if that's a good good word to use, um, as soon as stop people stop placing value on it, I mean, there's no value there. Really, and so that's that's a huge huge risk when you're buying things like that, knowing that there is no kind of intrinsic value to it.
1: And yeah, I think the other thing that I see yeah. out there is that you know you've, you've seen China make uh, uh, illegal to be uh, transacting and, uh, cryptocurrency. You've heard rumblings of the U. S. Uh, doing the same. There's a lot of other countries that are, are talking about it. There's Iran, which I wouldn't put uh, as a large uh, opinion that i would follow that's already made it illegal as well uh, i also see it that you know that because of some of what jeremy was talking about about the anonymity of these transactions and obviously the blockchain technology is is really a, a powerful thing but when you're seeing you know divorcees hiding money from their uh, future ex-spouse when you've got you know a uh, cyber gang using it to uh take out the largest uh pipeline in the united states and hold it ransom using cryptocurrency as the means of payment uh that anonymity uh is something that i think is going to be potentially something that's going to harm the long-term trading and trading value uh because as you said it's it's a game of musical chairs i mean when the music stops uh it will be a very bad thing for those that are holding those currencies at that time now the one thing you know, we, we've told our clients that we weren't going to invest in cryptocurrency directly because of that volatility. Uh, but it's not that we haven't participated uh, within what's going on, the the positives of what are, what's happening uh, within that, that technology in that world. So maybe if you wouldn't mind, Brett, you can kind of hit on what it is that Polaris Wealth Advisory Group has done in order to help clients make money within that world without necessarily going out and buying bitcoin uh or doge or or any of the other major currencies
2: yeah absolutely and i think we could kind of point to two major names um that we hold across a lot of our portfolios and have for quite some time and that would be paypal and uh nvidia and so like you said with with the the craze going on there is a lot of money flying into this whether it's the the miners buying computer equipment or just the transaction fees that it takes to trade and get involved in buying these um these cryptocurrencies and so paypal um has become almost one of the major uh, transaction providers in buying bitcoin and so given the phrase the excuse me given the the rage going on around it and the increase in trading volumes i mean that's that's money us dollars right in paypal's pocket and so that's something it's been a great holding for us. Continues to push higher, and then um, looking at the Nvidia holding that we have across it, quite a few of our portfolios as well. And when when we go back to the conversation about the miners and the large scale computer equipment needed to to verify these transactions, I mean the the semiconductors and the chips within those computers. I mean Nvidia is the leader in that space, and so that's that's been a great way that we've been able to kind of capture the the craze as well. Yeah, and I think
0: that's an important distinction. Um, This is one that I I don't know if uh, a lot of people have realized is that, I mean, we do have a a gold rush going on here and uh, some people will strike it rich and others will go home potentially having lost a lot of money. And the stance that Polaris has taken is we're the ones outside the mine selling the shovels and the pickaxes. Um, and it's a much safer play, but one that, uh, ensures that, uh, we can participate as people go out and try to strike their fortunes. And that, uh, has worked extremely well for us. So some of the securities that you've listed were some of our better performers within the portfolio. And so there's definitely uh, smart ways to get exposed to this. The only other thing that I think is worth noting and Brett, curious what your thoughts are is right now we have over $5 trillion in cash sitting on the sideline. Um, And that money is quite literally burning a hole in people's pockets. And I think uh, a strong argument could be made that some of that uh, money has made its way into cryptocurrency because there's a lot of excess cash. I'm curious as to what your thoughts are once that cash starts to dry out. Do you perceive that as potentially being the day of reckoning where some of these cryptocurrencies start to uh, have a lot of downward pressure? Or is it some other event where there's a cryptocurrency to rule them all that's superior in every form. It's What is the community thinking the end game is for all these cryptos?
2: Yeah, uh, that's a great question. And to your point about, I mean, all the cash on the sideline, I would say that absolutely has um, driven up the market cap within cryptocurrencies in general. And I know we've talked about this, but the market cap is in cryptocurrency universe is up to $1.7 trillion. And so, that's an astronomical number for what is being called an asset that we just talked about and all the risks involved and and what can go on there so i I do think that when you see that cash dry up i mean a lot of it was um stimulus money that's out there so whether that that spigot gets turned off and and the money isn't flowing anymore or we do see this people have spent the rest of their money I, I do think you just kind of see a little bit of a reckoning there. And so that's, that's something that people need to be aware of. I mean, you you see the frenzy and, and we've had talked about it and it's a very similar to the GameStop or the AMC type, type frenzies where it's just, there is too much, a little too much money on the sideline and you are seeing little pockets of frothiness and, and bubble-like activity. So the, it's something that, I mean, we're aware of here in the team, it's, I mean, i mean like we said we're out the tools not not buying the product um of this bitcoin so it, it's a way that we've been able to position ourselves a little bit smarter um and still make money with how much how much money is flowing into this type of thing
1: yeah i mean the thing that i look at within it is uh, i mean if you're looking at the global stock market value it's 95 trillion uh, the u.s stock market 49 trillion and within a decade of of use uh, this technology is claiming to have valuation of, as you said, 1.7 trillion. It's, it's a pretty remarkable thing. I mean, it's, it's claiming to be you know, almost 4% of the US market. It's not that it's all more US market driven. Let's just use the, the worldwide value and it's saying that it's, it's worth 2% of the value of every company that is publicly traded in the world. That's pretty remarkable in and of itself. My biggest fear out there, and again, one of the things as a portfolio manager and as the chief investment officer here at Polaris Wealth, one of the things that we're constantly talking about in our investment team is really how we mitigate risk. And you know, it, it's a risk reward uh, that we're constantly viewing. And you know, it, it's to me a game of musical chairs. It's it's a risk that uh, is not warranted. Uh, to put into a portfolio, it's 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 up there with kind of uh, almost investing in a private equity. You hear about, you know, the uh, the publicly traded companies that are have made people thousands of percentage points in return. But what you don't hear about is all the rest of the ones that didn't work. Uh, so you know, it's it's the hearing about the Teslas, but not the hundreds of other people that tried to do the same thing that uh, Elon Musk did uh successfully and so uh to us within it you know if you're gonna invest uh in a cryptocurrency the biggest thing that we would throw out to you is if you're gonna flinch at losing 20 30 40 percent in a day or a week then you shouldn't be investing in it uh if if you're gonna uh, gamble in that way go to vegas and and play blackjack or you know or play roulette and uh, bet on red or black. I mean, you've got the same sort of odds of making money uh, doing something there. There's about as much validity of the underlying value of what's going on with those chips as there are within cryptocurrencies. So uh, just be safe about it. Be smart about it. uh, Only put into it what you're uh, willing to lose uh, and kind of take it from there.
0: Yeah. Well, gentlemen, really appreciate uh, your time. Uh, Brett, appreciate your expertise on the matter. I certainly learned a lot, um, especially with the historical context of uh, cryptocurrency and blockchain. So appreciate uh, you spending some time with us and sharing your insights.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Guys, thanks for having me.
0: So and to our audience today, thank you so much for giving us your ear. And as always, be happy, be safe and be healthy.
3: Polaris Wealth Advisory Group, LLC, is a federally registered investment advisor. The information, statements, and opinions expressed in this material are provided for general information only and are subject to change without notice. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, is not intended as a recommendation to purchase or sell any security, and is not intended as individual or specific advice. It should not be construed as investment, legal, or tax advice. Before acting on this material, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and, if necessary, seek professional advice. Polaris Wealth does not offer professional legal or tax advice. All information contained herein is believed to be accurate, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Polaris Wealth Advisory Group, LLC, and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. Past performance is no guarantee of future returns. Diversification does not assure a profit or protect against loss. Investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. No advice may be rendered by Polaris Wealth Advisory Group, LLC, unless a client service agreement is in place.